You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Monday, October 15th, sitting here again with a, a bad taste in my mouth and a Bad feeling in my stomach after just another gut-wrenching, tough-to-swallow, and maybe the most disappointing Penn State loss that I've seen in some time. A huge, huge letdown at Beaver Stadium on Saturday. Michigan State came in with a last-minute touchdown and and left Happy Valley with the land-grant trophy and a a 21-17 win. Just another game where... Penn State outplayed its opponent and has nothing to show for it. And another close loss, another game that Penn State should have won, could have won, and didn't win. And in this scenario, it is it's it's bad. It's it's really hard to take. It's it is very frustrating and uh, uh, disappointing. So we're gonna kind of parse through it on today's show. I'm here to talk about it. It'll be therapeutic for me and uh, hopefully you as well out there listening. Uh, it's just going to be me on today's show. Uh, usually on Mondays, we do the Monday Rewind all in one segment of what we saw, what we heard, and what it means for Penn State. But uh, in this situation, I'm going to break those down into uh, three different segments It's going to consume today's show. So basically the next 20 minutes just really going to be digesting and Going, uh, finding the the ins and outs and, and poking around of Penn State's twenty one to seventeen loss to Michigan State on uh, on Saturday. So we're going to start here. First segment is what we saw. Uh, I know maybe some of you maybe are trying to block out that memory or uh, haven't have tried not to think about it much uh, since it happened on Saturday evening. It was uh, as I mentioned earlier. I think the most disappointing loss Penn State has had in a long time. And there have been some bad losses. This team has, has had some letdown under James Franklin. You look back to the opening game against Temple in 2015, uh, Northwestern game where they lost by 23 uh, on homecoming in, in 2014. Was, that was just so ugly, and that was disappointing. They lost to Illinois that year. Even getting getting pounded by Michigan in Ann Arbor in 2016, right before everything turned around, was those are some disappointing and, and tough losses. But this one, this one's right up there, maybe the most, the toughest or, or most disappointed because you really thought, and I thought, I think pretty much every Penn State fan thought, I bet everyone on the coaching staff and in the locker room that they were at a point as a program, as a team, where this would not happen. Where you wouldn't get beat at home by a team that came limping into town. Michigan State's good. Michigan State. Came into the season with Big Ten title hopes and returned a ton of starters from a team that was really good last year. I'm not saying Michigan State's a bad team. Losing to Michigan State isn't that bad, but they lost at home to a team that was 3-2 and two coming in, had just lost to Northwestern by 10 points in its own building, and they had a after a bye week, which came after a really tough loss against Ohio State that everyone on the coaching staff and every player said is going to be a motivator and there's also the history of them losing to Ohio State last year and then not being able to get it done the next time they played against Michigan State. And all of that was talked about. This was all talked about. And Penn State knew that their season was still be able to save and they could still 
have an outside chance at a Big Ten title and a college football playoff spot if they just ran the table and took care of their own business. And, and James Franklin's whole thing is every game is is the next game is the most important game. And they had two weeks to prepare for this. And they still came out and they just laid an egg. They they their offense was not not the offense we're used to seeing from Penn State. Seventeen points is is not going to get it done. The defense was fine, but they again coughed up the game. They found a way to lose this game at the end, and you just thought that this would not happen again, but it did. And that is that's what makes it so disappointing. It's not the fact that they lost. It's not the fact that. You know, they didn't play super well. It's just all these things combined make it like, how how does this possibly happen again? You have to be kidding me. I thought we were I thought we were done with this to to and it, and and here's the thing, like I had this feeling the whole game, it's like, man, well Penn State's really outplaying them, but oh, it's only fourteen to seven. Huh. Well that'll that'll change soon. Oh, now it's fourteen to fourteen. Well, okay, well Penn State, you know, offense starts clicking here. They're good in the second half. Let's see what happens. And then at 17 to 14, you're like, oh, this. And you had that feeling in the back of your head. You had that feeling against Ohio State a couple weeks ago. You kind of had, I had, I don't know if it's everyone, I had this feeling last year in those two games, Ohio State and Michigan State, too, where I'm like, this, I don't feel safe. This feels bad. It feels like they're, they are playing very well, but they should be up by 10, 14, 20 points, and they're up by three or they're up by seven, and it's not going to be enough to get it done. So that was, is what makes it most disappointing. Um, really, it just it was a bad football game too. It was boring. It was not very enjoyable to watch, especially when we think about these other great Penn State offensive performances that we've we've become accustomed to seeing in the last two years. Um, just from an X's and O's standpoint, I, it's, I mean, there's plenty of blame to share here. Um, it was uh, but if you look at the offense, it just it went away in the second half, and it was uh, it was it was an underwhelming start from Trace McSorley. It was um. Maybe his most underwhelming start as a Penn State uh, starting quarterback, at least in the last two years, which is tough. And and he's allowed to have bad games. And I know Trace is mad at himself for this, but it was it was un unmixorly like it wasn't what we're used to seeing from him. Uh, he only threw for 192 yards. He missed some passes that he usually never misses. He coughed up a fumble in their first possession. He uh, he just slipped and fell on a fourth down play that that could have been part of a scoring drive. And it was uh, it was tough. It was not not the kind of Trace McSorley performance we're used to seeing, and uh, it was it was unusual for him. Only had thirty seven rushing yards, which is not he's he's had way more this season in most games. And uh, yeah, I mean Miles Sanders was terrific, but the rest of the offense really didn't have uh, much to show against. Again, it was against a good defense, but you kind of expected them to be able to do a little bit more. Maybe some of this is play calling. Maybe some of this is something else, but. Uh, not not the the vintage Trace McSorley performance that we're used to seeing. And uh, defense gave up 418 yards, but it was pretty good at keeping Michigan State out of the end zone. Like you look that Michigan State's first touchdown only happened on a drive that featured a fake punt, uh, a trick play that took them down to the one. And even they got down to the one, Penn State stuffed them three or four straight times. And Michigan State kept getting chances because Penn State had an unfortunate uh, unsportsmanlike penalty, a uh, personal foul call. Went against them. There were a couple of questionable calls in this game, but uh, you don't want to blame the refs for this. Uh, also, Michigan State's second touchdown came on a call that I thought was going to get overturned, and then it didn't. But 
it was uh but they weren't that bad the defense was pretty good only gave 14 points until the final minute and uh tough drive for the defense again couldn't get a stop when you need to just like the ohio state game amani oriorie uh dropped interception and then got beat on the final play and yeah i feel bad for him and he he had a tough game It, it just wasn't wasn't what you needed to get it done uh but again, go back to the offense real quick. The offense had a chance to help them put that game away, but they did not help at all. And that, unfortunately, has really become a trend for Penn State in the last couple of years. It, there's problems on both sides of the ball finishing games. And it, it again, it goes back to thinking about this being very disappointing that they can't figure out how to close out games. Penn State, again, outplayed its opponent, but ended up not getting the win. So... That is, if you've forgotten, the reminder of what we saw on Saturday. Another another tough loss for Penn State and another game where they coughed it up in the final few minutes. All right, we have to step away for a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we'll keep talking Penn State, Michigan State. We will go with the what we heard uh, from James Franklin and a couple players after that tough loss on Saturday. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lines. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked on Nittany Lions listeners can get a special seven-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lions is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season, or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, moving on here, we are going to our second segment of today's show. It is what we heard after Saturday's disappointing Penn State loss. Um, so I, I we had a whole show last week talking about James Franklin as uh, Wednesday's show, if, if you wanted to go back and check it out. But it was, a, a lot of it kind of was focused on his conduct after the Ohio State game two weeks ago. Uh, one for he had... Uh, not an altercation, but he, he he responded to a fan who shouted some criticism or critique 
uh, from the student section, which is was out of character for him. And then he came into the he came into the press room, uh, did his press conference uh, in the media room at Beaver Stadium, and and had a different tone than usual. I'm sure you've heard it by now. It was we're done being great. We're going to be elite. We're we're done with this. We're going to take the step to be an elite program. And he was he was fired up. He was very emotional. He was energized. He was he looked angry. He looked upset. Uh, he had a different tone after Saturday's loss. And I guess I guess you do. I guess you can't really come back that same tone. I know there were some jokes on Twitter about James Franklin or about Penn State being done being great after losing to Michigan State at home. But James Franklin had a had a much different tone. It was kind of more kumbaya, like we still love every everyone still loves everyone here. It, it, it was a lot different uh, than he was after Ohio State. Here's a here's a sample of what he said. We get great support here. We get great support here. And I want to make sure that every single one of those players knew whether they have had it in their life or not, they got it from me. Unconditional love, no matter what. They're stuck with me for the next 50 years. I love Amani Arue. I love all our guys. And, uh, and we'll get closer from this. We'll get stronger from this. And uh, we're going to stick together. We're going to stick together. And we got great fans here, so I know our fans will stick with our guys as well. Um, but um, I love I love Amani. I love him and always will. And I wanted our team and I wanted our players to know whether they've experienced unconditional love or not in their life, they got it from me and his coaching staff and they'll have it forever. So yeah, not, not the same fired up James Franklin. He was a little more reserved in that moment. And uh, I'm not saying, uh, I don't know what it means. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it as a Penn State fan. It, it just seems like he knew that he can't come out and make as bold as claims as he did after the Ohio State game because this loss is a lot different than that loss. This loss, uh, I think everything is going to be a little bit more about the future from him going forward and maybe where they are as a program, whether they whether more so than where they are as a team right now in, in, in this in, in for the rest of 2018 season. So we'll see how James Franklin, we'll see what he says, what we'll talk about here, but uh, moving forward, but it, it doesn't seem like, um, and of course the elite stuff's not going to happen overnight, but it seems like he has kind of changed tones uh, moving forward this season, at least. Um, here's a couple other player quotes that I thought stuck out after the game. Um, this is from Trace McSorley. He said, uh, this is uh, Trace McSorley to uh, John McGonigal of the Center Daily Times. He said, Quote, right now is the time we're really going to figure out what kind of team we have. It's easy when you have one loss and you can still talk about things you you still maybe have to look forward to. But when you go through back-to-back losses, tough situations at home, and, and we're in this Big Ten schedule with a lot more games to play, we've got to come together, end quote. So Trace makes a good point there. It It is a lot easier when you only have one loss when you're in a situation like Penn State. Uh, as a one-loss team, as they were three days ago, as a one-loss team, where you're thinking, okay, we we lost to a very good team, a team that's going to be in the top two or three in the country, we lost them by one point. We're that good. We just, you know, we slipped up in that game, but we're as good as they are. We're going to go out and prove that. Now it's, well, we lost to a different team. We have all these problems, but you can't, you know, you you don't want to acknowledge that. We we have to figure out exactly who we are, what our identity is, and. and what we have left to play for this year. And um, 
I at least at the very uh, I, at the very least I hope that players in that locker room can play hard in these final seven games for Trace if for nothing else than for Trace McSorley and uh, what he means to this program. And here's one more quote uh, from Miles Sanders. This was to Audrey Snyder of the Athletic. Sanders said, "Quote: This team is really young, and we have a lot of and we have a lot of talent, but talent doesn't win games." End quote. That's a uh, that's a pretty fair assessment. I would say it's a fair assessment. It is like it makes you feel okay about the future, but it, it still makes it very frustrating. And 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 but like as a bigger point, Penn State can keep bringing in top five, top ten recruiting classes, and they can have a very talented team. But he's right; they can still go nine and three because they don't know how to close games. So. They got to figure that out, and uh, they got to figure it out sooner than later. And uh, maybe these are lessons that guys like Sanders and Hamler and some of these other younger guys on the defensive side of the ball can can pick up and move forward, and hopefully they do. But they at least doesn't seem like they learned uh, anything or learned much from the Ohio State game to the Michigan State game. All right, well, we have to step away for one more quick break, but when we come back, we're going to take a kind of a broad view and, uh, and talk about what we learned and what it means for Penn State moving forward. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Well, welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. We are wrapping up today's show, uh, still looking at that Michigan State game. Unfortunately, and uh, we're ending today's show with uh, what we learned from that game. Is kind of take a, a broader view of what Saturday's game means for Penn State moving forward. And I think the biggest thing we learned is that this is a very frustrating team, and it's not quite as good as we hoped it was. Uh, it, and I tweeted something similar to this after the game. It, it's like here are like the ways that Penn State has made us feel them. It's only been a month and a half, which feels like longer. This probably aged you more than a month and a half being a Penn State fan this season. But for week one, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't a top 10 team. You know, they barely beat Appalachian State at home. They have a lot of young guys on both sides of the ball. Maybe, you know, there'll be more growing pains than we thought this year. And then a couple weeks later, after they pound pit and beat, beat Kent State easily and then pull away from Illinois, you can kind of talk yourself into it. You're like, well, all the tough games are at home. They're looking a little bit better. This offense is unstoppable. Why can't we win the Big Ten? Who says that's not going to happen? We can do it. And then you get three quarters of the way through the Ohio State game, and you're thinking, all right, like right, let's go to in- see you guys in Indianapolis in December. What uh, what bowl game are we going to? I'm going to book my plane ticket. After that game, you're thinking, well, that's not great. That happened again. But, you know, this team – this team will learn from last year and they're not going to let, you know, they'll, they'll keep that in the back of their mind. They can run the table maybe, or at least win a couple more games and stay in the top 10, top 15 all year and keep things interesting. And now, now you're just like, well, this team is, you're kind of back to where you were at week one, right? You're, this team is, is young and it's not quite what we thought. And there are concerns on both sides of the ball and it's, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. Um, so yeah, it's been a tough month and a half as a Penn State fan, and I'm sure as a player and a coach. And it's also just been such a frustrating <laughs> two and a half seasons to have your to have a team to have its last five losses be by twelve points and to have a fourth quarter lead in all of them. Like honestly, like 
just go lose a game by 14 or something. Make this a lot easier. Go go lose by go you know, just like be behind by like 17 at halftime and only maybe never get the lead in single digits in the second half or something. That would be so much easier than this. <laughs> no, I'm it, I mean, obviously that's not what everyone would want, but it it has just been so frustrating and uh it's a very frustrating team and Moving forward, you got a question like, "What what is a good season?" We'll get into that later this week. I'm not going to really dive into that now, but one of the things we'll talk about this week is what does constitute a successful season for Penn State now? Is that even really possible? I don't know. Um, but you also have to wonder what can change moving forward, because like I don't I don't know how many how many losses you can have like this. Uh, I think James Franklin needs to figure some things out. I don't know if that's on the coaching staff. And I think like maybe that's where some of this comes in is is losing Joe Moorhead and losing Josh Gaddis and having some shifts on their coaching staff. Maybe that's made a difference. I don't know if it's five points worth of difference against Ohio State, Michigan State, maybe. Uh, but maybe that that's it. Maybe it's some strategy and maybe it's some game planning. I, I don't know. But they had had this weird stagnation the last two seasons where they can't close games and it's tough to watch. So they are very frustrating. Maybe they're not that good. They they can get better, and they should get better this season because of their, the youth that they have than the many freshmen and sophomores that are playing. But if these consistent problems, if they continue, they and like it's so frustrating as a fan to watch it, right? I can't imagine how tough it is as, as a player, as a competitor, as a coach, as someone on the staff – that has to be driving you wild. I'm like, I don't know. Like there has to be a breaking point. Right. Um, so we'll see where that, that comes in. And you can say, you can say you, every time they have a loss like this, you can say you're going to use it as a motivator moving forward. Cause that's what you say when you have a sports loss, that's close, but clearly that motivation is not enough. So something else has to change. Cause I think there is going to be some type of breaking point. I don't know what, but for the mental health of everyone. I think something has to change a little bit moving forward where this problem doesn't happen again. We'll see. I mean, they have a lot of, they have a lot of games on this schedule where they could be in very close games in the fourth quarter. You look at Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, who knows that could happen three more times this season. I'm not sure. Uh, But something, something has to change there. We'll see if it does. All right. Well, that's what we learned. That has been our extended Monday rewind on today's Locked On Nittany Lions. We will uh, we'll we'll get in the aftermath of the Michigan State loss more and what it means moving forward. Uh, moving on in the week, we'll have some guests coming up. We'll also eventually preview the Indiana game. We'll talk to some people who know the Hoosiers very well too. So we'll get you ready for all that later on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you'd like to get in touch with us in any way. You can tweet at the show. We are at Locked On Nittany. You can also find me, Stephen Pianovich, on Twitter at S Pianovich. You can also find us on Facebook or email the show. It is Locked On Nittany Lines at gmail.com. Also, uh, please, you can please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. You can also find us on Google Play, uh, on Spotify now, on Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, really. You can find Locked On Nittany Lines. So thank you, everyone who has listened, downloaded, subscribed to us. We really appreciate that. We will be back on Tuesday to talk more about Penn State and what this loss means moving forward. I'll chat with you then.